Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to Pod Toy number 136. Uh, joining me tonight are Adam Dork. Yo. Aaron Lindy. Nah. Samit Sarkar. Zeus! Topher Cantler. Hi. Jim Sterling. You can all fuck off. I do not look like that fat one from Lost. He's, he's got long, longer hair. <laughs> um, games of the week. I assume, Samit, you've been playing God of War. Wait, wait. Am I not cool enough to introduce now? I didn't say Brad Nicholson. No, no, you sure didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. You failed. No, it's over. I'm not, I'm not interested. I say we redo this. Bad. No. Submit what you've been playing. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> um, as, as Anthony correctly speculated, and as if you, know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've been playing God of War 2. Um, that, uh, oh, first off, I should, I should say I'm, I'm sick, so if I, I sound, you know. Yes, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm sick, and you were going to um, give a, a really un- unreasonable amount of happiness toward God of War. No, 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 no. Reasons. No, I, I've I've been I've had a sore throat and like a stuffy nose since Friday. But um, so so more people than normal will complain about how I speak. Hey. Anyway, um, yeah, I I was um I, I did a news post on on maybe Friday or Saturday, or Thursday about uh, Sony and Seven Eleven have teamed up to do a promotion for God of War Three where they introduced this new Slurpee fa- uh, Slurpee flavor. Uh, it's called Kratos Fury. Um, blackberry and lime apparently is the. Drink up my can beer. I, <laughs> can I just? I just Drink want to interject. The Kratos cup. I just want to interject just briefly because I was um I was actually hanging out with uh, Jeff Rubenstein. Hey, look, I'm submit name dropping. Um, in San Francisco the other day. Hashtag Jeff Rubenstein. And yeah, hashtag <laughs> Jeff Rubenstein. And and uh, he was telling me about this Slurpee thing. He was very excited, but then I upset him because I was like. It's like, what is it? Lime and what? Black, blackberry and lime. Blackberry it's... and lime. And I'm like, well, vanilla and strawberry. White with a red swirly swirly in it. Because oh. then it looks like Kratos. And so he was like, well, I didn't pick the flavor. <laughs> well, but I think the Slurpee, it would just become pink, right? I don't, I don't know if you can have swirls in a Slurpee. Could put little... that, would, that would be the exact opposite of what you want out of a Kratos. Slurpee. <laughs> yeah. You, but, you know, you could put, like, a little thing on top. <laughs> it could be done. I'm just thinking, like, lime and what? Lime and what? Right. Well, in any case, uh, the, the whole point of, of that is that uh, you get... Um, they have four different God of War-themed cups, and uh, they come with uh, free in-game DLC for God of War That's, 3. So, what? No, 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 no. They come with points. You get what? points. How, wait, hold on. Add... How is that better? How no, they have that you get, you each get codes. Different size no, cups have different. You're telling no, of hold on. This is, they per use... our conversation last week or the week before, whenever the fuck that was, you're telling me I have to go buy fucking Slurpees to get God of War three. Why are you complaining? Only... Why are you? No, 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 it's not a pre-order bonus. It's just Dude, like I'll hook you up with like all the points you can have. <laughs> There's only one DLC item. <laughs> There's a That's bunch of different the stuff. Fuck. There's Just only give one me the thing. fucking item. I don't want to go buy fucking as far, costume. All as far as I know... Calm down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One at a time. Submit. As far as I know, they, there's one thing that's like in-game armor, but the rest of it is like you get there's a PlayStation th- uh, 3 dynamic theme, or there's like a t-shirt for your PlayStation Home uh, avatar, um, and then there's something else. But know. yeah, there's, I... there's one of them that I think is in-game. If if I am to be a man of my principles, the fact that they included uh, that even one piece of in-game content, like content that is in the game, is included in that lineup, I must burn down every Seven Eleven I see. I like it. Or I think or that's you could just, all right. 
If I have to go to fucking Burger King six or seven times to get a level in like the latest, you know, <laughs> uh, in like the latest Modern Warfare or whatever, I'm going to be really fucking pissed off. I mean, it's not that I don't like Burger King or Slurpees. I got nothing against either one of those, obviously. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, I, I just, uh, uh, I don't know. Right. I mean, like last go- week we were talking about like, you know, different DLC in different places when you reserve the same game. If you get like just an extra bit of armor from buying crushed ice, then you know there's no. I think that's this, quite cool. Yeah, like this in instance in and of itself does not trouble me. What troubles me is the fucking road that it seems to point to. It's a big sign to me that just says hey, the, road, get worse. the road. It's the road is slurpy deliciousness straight. Yeah, and, there's and nothing the, wrong with that. The slippery slope it's paved of with slurpy ice. Does not. All right. Anyway, anyway, I should not have even brought this up, but. That is a thing you can uh, you can do um, starting actually today I believe was the day the promotion kicked off. But so I saw someone tweet that like they had their Seven Eleven had the cups but they didn't actually have the flavor, which whatever. So writing that post made me think of God of War Two because that was a game that I had only gotten about halfway through. I like I bought it when it came out, and um, I, I just stopped playing it for one reason or another. I moved on to another game. Um, and uh, hadn't gone back to it, so I, I booted up God of War 2, because I'm lucky enough to have a, a 60 gig launch PS3, um, and the, the date of the last save was April 13th, 2007, so um, uh, I haven't been playing Bioshock, but I've been playing another game from 2007, and um, <laughs> I I've, I've put like uh, another maybe, I, I was like nine hours into the game at that point, and I've put maybe another seven or so since then into it, and... Um, the la- I just stopped at, at, at uh, I just finished the, the boss battle with um, Lachesis and Atropos, two of the Sisters of Fate, and oh my god, holy fuck, that was, like, it might have been the, the best boss battle I've ever played in a video game, maybe. I don't um, even remember who you're talking about. Uh, it's, um, the, you know, the two sisters with the room with the three mirrors in it. Um, it's and been then, a while like, since I played it, I guess. It's like yeah. a that was sort of my um, thing with that game was that... One. It's it's the only game I've ever played that was too good at consistently showing you cool things. So they all sort of mesh together in my mind. Like you're, mm. you're always doing something awesome in that game. So there's no sense of like high point, low point. It's just all sort of jumbled together. Yeah. Well, um, and what was what was really neat about the boss battle was that um, the, the way it was designed to to sort of um, mix gameplay elements that you you know you'd uh, sort of learned to that point. Because when I started up the game again, I was at the point where, you know, you might have seen this in the trailers for the game, they had the, um, like, you would, uh, they'd have the grapple points and you would swing from these pillars that were uh, toppling over as you were swinging from them, which was awesome, like, on the PS2. Like, that was freaking amazing. Um, And in this particular boss battle, uh, you have these four grapple points in the room and one of the Sisters of Fate... Um, Lachesis is like, you know, firing green energy blasts at you and you can like swing from the grappling points to, to you know, stay above the ground and avoid her uh, attacks and things like that. Um, and then <clears throat> you also have to deal with the other uh, sister fate at the same time. So yeah, that was a really, really awesome boss. The way it synthesized these things. And um, immediately after that was... Uh, the most frustrating thing I have come upon in a video game in quite some time. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm uh, amazed at how quickly the game went from you know mind-blowingly awesome to insanely frustrating. Because right after that is um, you, you like 
walk into a hall and then you see the third sister of fate who looks like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. She's like this really fat, you know, blob. Um, and she's like purplish and whatever. Um, and you have to uh, go down this hallway, this spiraling ramp downwards and fight seven waves of enemies and there are no checkpoints at all. And I, I'm playing on hard and, uh, and someone asked me why I always play games on hard. And I was about the, to. That's not the case. I, it just happened... That um, it just so happened that I uh, right before God of War two came out to um, sort of get myself psyched up for it, I played God of War one on very hard because um, I think I had originally beat it on normal. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll play this on very hard and I'll be ready for God of War two. So I started God of War two on hard, you know, having just beaten the original on very hard, um, and so that's where I am. Um, but yeah, that part is there's just these all these waves of enemies and like. Like crazy have you considered just switching it back to normal for that part? I've considered it, but I'm my my. Uh, See, if know. I'd ask Brad Nicholson well, that question, he'd be like, "Ben, that's pussy shit, man." That would I wouldn't yeah. be able to finish that sentence. I would have been. No, I, I, I'd rather not. I mean, I, and obviously, there's no trophies involved because it's a PS2 game. But I'm not sure. I I'm, I want to. Fuck that, then. Why are you playing it? Right. No, I, I want to look up if, and see if like, there's any bonus for beating it on hard. Because I know there's a lot of extra content that they have. Like, I was looking in the extras menu. I'm, like I'm sure there's something for beating it on hard. I'm but, almost but, positive. Yeah. But, uh, but still, um, just the boss battle, that boss battle alone, and, you know, lots of other stuff that I had played um, this week. God of War 2, awesome. And uh, you guys should uh, go get the God of War collection because uh, Sony just dropped the price to 30 bucks. So 30 bucks for two of the greatest uh, third-person action games of all time. Do it. All right. In HD. Aaron, what about you? Uh, Mass Effect 2. Uh, Sorry? Yep. Huh? I can barely huh? hear you. What? Huh? Yeah, your, your volume what? is low. Your connection, connection is shitty. All right. Well, well shit, my connection is shitty. While Aaron deals with that, uh, Brad, what about you? I played a lot of games. Topher, what about you? No, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I don't want Topher to go. Topher, <laughs> I gotta go oh, so long. I gotta go cold. so long that you forget. Like that's my goal every week. I'm just kidding. I love you, Topher. All right, so I played Vandal Hearts: Flames of Judgment. It's a downloadable SRPG for a PSN and Xbox Live Arcade. I liked it. I, d- I didn't like it. Uh, you know, I-, I wouldn't say it's a great game. But it's a fun game. It reminded me a lot of Shiny Force 2. Um, why are people sending messages? Okay. Anyway, I, I thought it was cool just because of its retro style. Like, this game is straight up old school. Um, it cuts out a little fat. Like, there's no towns that you can visit. And uh, things like that. I also played Death by Cube, which is probably one of the worst um, downloadable titles I've played in a very long time. Like, it is bad. It is super fucking hard and just unforgiving. And I, I, what the fuck is Square Enix doing? I've heard their other one, like uh, their other downloadable title. What is it? Zero Earth Defense Force. Zero Day Attack. Bad shooter, shooter bad. Yeah, (laughs) I heard. I heard that that shit was super fucking hard too. Like ridiculous. It's not just hard. It's bad. It's boring as fuck. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. That's kind of Death by Cube. Like it looks cool. Like, if you just saw a screenshot, and you'd be like, man, I'm all over that. But no. No, it is not a good... I guess I should preface it. It's a it's a dual-stick shooter. So it's really hard to fuck those up anymore, because they've made a billion of those. I also played a bunch of iPhone games. 
I guess the only one worth noting is uh, Crush the Castle, which I think Destructoid reviewed as well. And uh, Dale liked it, whereas I didn't didn't like it at all. It was a really simple kind of like a it's a it's made by a developer called like Casual Games, so you already know you're in for it when you try it out. But uh, you you play this game on a horizontal horizontal plane. You uh, push your finger to fire trebuchet into a a uh, fortification that looks like shit, like it's just like twigs. <laughs> and and like the goal is to like not it's, the goal. Even though the game's called Crush the Castle, the goal of the game is to kill the people standing underneath the castle or inside the castle. So, like, you destroying the castle means nothing. Like, if you hit a dude with a fucking cannonball, like, you win the level. I don't, I don't understand. It has terrible physics, and it, I, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, if you guys are interested in any of that, you can visit MTV Multiplayer and check that shit out. You can click on my links and dig them and shit. Oh, wait, Hashtag I also, MTV Multiplayer. Yeah, right? Uh, I, I forgot to mention, uh, I won't write a review on this. I thought I was going to initially. I, I played the Return to Ostagar DLC for Dragon Age Origins. And that's not any good at all. Like, they are taking your money if you buy that shit. Like, I didn't that, really see the point of I, You don't even get your old character, do you? Or is that the other one? That's the expansion. That's Awakening. And okay. you can't bring in your old character into Awakening. Like, that's not an issue. But you can into Ostagar? You can, yeah. You can in Ostagar. Here, here's the deal with Ostagar. It's a lot like Warden's Keep, which I believe was free day one. Not really sure. But anyway, uh, it, it's a mini kind of mission. So it's a lot smaller than something like Fallout 3 did. But whereas Warden's Keep actually added something to the fiction and the lore, uh, Return to Oscar totally doesn't. Like, it is about exploring King Kalen, who's the dude that got crushed by an ogre at the beginning of the game, the guy in the golden armor, the fucking idiot. It's about, <laughs> it's about his death. And, and uh, you're, you're sub- like, the entire time, like, the DLC tries to act like you give a shit about this guy who you met and, like, spoke to briefly. I mean, he's just some nimrod that... that uh, you know, he's a fairy tale chaser. He, he just wants to care. He, he just cares more about his heroic legacy than anything else. So you, you just come come away from him being like, "Wow, what a retard!" And, it, <laughs> and the entire time, this DLC is like, "Yo, you got to care about this dude. Remember when he died?" Like, <laughs> the that the scene that guys, does it the guys, most. remember that guys? Yeah, exactly. It keeps showing these flashbacks. The opening cinematic of the game, like as you walk into Ostagar again, it keeps showing you these flashbacks. Like you care, but like. It does this one real close-up shot where, like, the uh, the dark spawn of crucified Kalen, like, with arrows and shit. So he's all, like, you know, like, crucified, right, bloody and beaten and, and broken. And, and and even then, you're just like, I great, awesome. You know? <laughs> then you get his armor, which is, like, the core, po- the, the, the core thing for this entire DLC. It's not even that. It's just to get his fucking armor. And it's totally underpowered. It's worthless. Like, you, you just spent 400 Microsoft points on nothing. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Like, playable horse armor. Yeah. So, what about you? Um, nothing much. I played the Uncharted 2 single-player demo. and was not the least bit impressed with it, which made me a little sad. What? Fuck <laughs> you. What, what, wait, I don't, what's the demo? I, haven't, I didn't know. Have you even it. played Uncharted? The first one? No, I was talking Smith. I, I yeah. don't even know if Smith played Uncharted yet. Did you I, get around to that? It's a PS3 exclusive. Of course he's played it. Sure. <laughs> I I beat that like in like right after I got it. Just Which again, it. thank you, Destructor Community, for the wonderful <laughs> gift. I will never forget it. Um but yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. but I didn't like your game, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, which one uh what what level is the demo? It's chapter five, I think. 
Oh yeah, that's the oh, that's that's what they had at um at PAX and and whatnot. Uh, maybe they just picked a shitty level for the for the demo, but I just wasn't. I didn't. Not that it was bad. It was okay. I I mean I I liked it. All right, I guess. I just I do not see what everybody's wetting their pants over. I just don't see it. I don't think the combat is really what anybody's doing that for. I think, or, or if you are, I think you're going about that game incorrectly. I I think it tells an awesome story. And that's, I think that's probably cool. the case. And I, since you know it's one fucking level, I have no idea what the hell's going on. So right, I think you would appreciate it more on that level than anything else. I probably, well, I'm sure shooter. I would. I still haven't, I haven't played the full game yet, but right, it's been fucking busy. But I just wasn't, I wasn't impressed with what I saw. Maybe I'm, I need to play the rest of it. I guess I don't know. Maybe. And I played some Parodius. That's it. What's that? Parodius. Awesome. Fucking awesome! It's like awesome. Yeah, it's like it's great great about with penguins. Yeah, yeah, penguins Wait. and tits. <laughs> penguins and tits and mermaids and and uh, yeah. pastries and strawberries. Kind of sounds like my kind of game. Are there vegetables? Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're actually evil vegetables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm checking this shit out. <laughs> oh, dude. Yep. It's okay. I like greatest better. Because you're crazy. I don't know. I, I, I think I think I, I played Parodius before I played. Which Parodius are you playing? Sexy. Yeah, you need to play um, Goku Joe Parodius. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they need to release that uh, the uh, the PSP Parodius compilation, but I think it's probably because the Gradius compilation tanked or some shit. They, they had a Salamander compilation too. That really pissed me off. I didn't get that one. They could put that shit on PSN for like ten bucks or something. I'd for buy nothing. the shit out of yeah. it. I'd fucking yeah. buy it twice. Davis got a Sega Saturn just to. Fucking play it. It's awesome. Were there, were there yeah, when I started, there's when like I five of them or something? Like so Four or five of them. Yeah. I know there's at least three. And Odomedius is actually the new one. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But. Parodius was actually the thing that made me play the very... I, I hadn't played a Gradius game until after I, I played and did not like Parodius. And someone tried to, a couple of people tried to get me to like Gradius. And after I spent enough time with the uh, PSP collection, I fucking love the, the whole premise of it. That, yeah. you know... That that sense of like the pe- the power ups are true power ups. You're getting like you, you eventually get to the point where you will just stay in one part of the screen and destroy everything on that screen, but you're still you know one inch away from from getting every- losing everything. It's like it's like high yeah. consequence done in a way that I've never seen games do it apart from Gradius. Sexy Proteus is good. You need to play Goku Joe Proteus. The levels are a lot better. Mm-hmm. And just the overall like um, I don't want to say the concept, but the the level design is better and the uh, the enemies are a little cooler. They're not quite as sexy, obviously. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> it's a it's a better game, I think. Right on. Um, Jim. Um, a lot of things. Um, most of which I can't talk about. But there you go. Um, played Heavy Rain. <clears throat> uh, beat Heavy Rain. Oh my uh, god! So jealous. Ah. Um, Do you I feel? Was, I mean, without without place. without sort of spoiling your your um your embargo shit yeah. like is does it the does the way it ends and the way that your in input sort of changes the game does it make you think oh this is a really get a game i want to play a hundred thousand times over or is it just like okay that's I, I can live with that and that's my version of the story and i'll just sort of stick with that and be done with it there's no way i can answer that oh, yeah. without i could i could maybe if you ask some questions about it i could maybe make non-committal noises but hinted at the answer. Okay, do your do your uh, actions actually make any significant change to the plot? Mm-hmm. Figures. 
I can do yeah. that. Um, yeah, so, you know, that was a game. I could. The best I could probably say is that Nick Chester and I agree on the finished product. Um, which it is means something... nobody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean that's rare. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it, it's actually unprecedented. <laughs> Nick Chester and I have never agreed on a video game before, as far as I can remember. Um, so yeah, um, you know, we are in almost complete agreement on every point. So I mean, that's all I can say. Um, so there you go. Uh, also played Metro Twenty Thirty Three. Um, which, again, I can't really talk about. Uh, a preview for that's coming up on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say about that one. Um, actually, if you want a good idea of, of Heavy Rain, uh, go to twitter.com forward slash David Cage, all one word. Um, it's a rather humorous spoof um, Twitter account for David Cage of Quantic Dream, and that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Um so yeah, Metro 2033 I played. Um, yeah, uh, Dawn of War 2 Chaos Rising, which I played as well. Um, and that, I mean, again, I can't really talk about it, but it's good. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I'm not allowed to say anything about it, but it's really good. Uh, so there you go. Um, <clears throat> that's about it. I, was, uh, I, I looked at the THQ games at an event, um, very weird event, actually, because... Uh, where there was at some like underground bar which they'd made to look like a a Russian metro station, and they had Russian soldiers running around barking at you in Russian, Jesus. and it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's just like God, oiski, oiski, oiski. Oh, that's not a real Russian word. That's quite racist and offensive, probably. But they were doing that, and then like everyone was just like looking around, didn't know what to do, and he kind of gave up and just said, "Go, go, go!" Um, and so we goed. And there was lots, of, and they had a fucking smoke machine everywhere to the point where you couldn't really play the game because there was so much smoke. Um, and a guy playing a guitar uh, and a fake fire, which was just smoke um, by an orange light, but it looked really good. Um, and that's got nothing to do with the game, but you know, <laughs> if if every if the special edition had a bit of smoke and a light, that would be the best game ever. Um, but yeah, so that was games I played. Um, but yeah, the, it was weird because one minute I was playing the game, and I look up and there's just a, a party around me, and fucking Ray is there, and Dyson is there, and um, like a gang of people from 2K Games was there, and a huge, scary, fucking massive black guy from Ubisoft was there, and we were introduced, and I shat my pants. <laughs> uh, because he gave me the scariest look in the world. Did you think that it was uh, the guy who was going to break some its camera? Yes, it was. It, <laughs> it probably was because you know they're all the same person anyway, aren't they? But um, you probably worked uh, on Assassin's, Assassin's Creed too, then. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I was talking to Dyson, and Dyson's like, uh, "I don't know if I should introduce you to, um, but this is Jim Sterling, and then this guy who must have been like, well." I don't know how tall he was, but to me, he was the tallest man in the world at that point. He was like seven foot eight. And he just gave me like this, this look and then raised his hand. And I don't know if I flinched or not, but he just shook it. And <laughs> I said I was very glad because, you know, when, when someone says this is Jim Sterling and the arm goes up, I'm getting ready to either shake a hand or duck a fist. So, you know, that was cool. And he was actually good about it. And then I ended up doing shots with people from IGN. 
And it was weird. There's like half the fucking industry there. And it was, I was just there to play a fucking game. Um, but that was cool. Um, I'm sure there were other stores. I went, I stayed at the St. Regis in um, San Francisco, um, which, as everyone knows, is quite a posh hotel. Do you know how much it costs to get... I didn't pay, fuck that. Um, but do you know how much it costs to get just pancakes and a bit of bacon to your room in the St. Regis? $47. $47 for some pancakes and a bit of bacon. Where, where did they put me? Activision put me in a in a hotel where the, the pancakes were 33 I hear was you it, there. Wait, was, was it the put, W Lounge? Rad, was it the club? I got that beat. There was a, at the hotel that yeah. I stayed in uh, Vienna. Uh, uh, a bottle of Coke, like a 0.8 liter bottle of Coke, was I think 13 euros. I think. This, oh God, this is yeah. silly, rich. Like even That's, if I was yeah. that rich, I wouldn't want to spend my money. I wouldn't want to spend fifty dollars for pancakes. And and the worst thing about it is, if you're at a hotel like as posh as the St. Regis, I can't. I feel awkward doing room service because I know that the person who is serving me is better bred than I am. <laughs> like he's for a start, he's dressed smarter. He probably earns more money than I do. And he looks at you with this contempt, like he knows that someone else is paying. Like, he, he wheel, like here is your pancake, sir. And I know for a fact that it's not your money. And, like, they know. Like, you're here with THQ, aren't you? Um, he didn't actually sound like that. <laughs> this was you know, in America, time, like, he'll bring and your not pancakes. in medieval Europe. He'll bring um, he'll bring you the pancakes, but like before he gives it to you, he'll like ask you to spell foie gras to see if like he's you're one of the clubs, you know, <laughs> the actual like real rich people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can spell foie gras, dude. I don't fucking know. F O C K Y O. No, he'll 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 ask you uh he'll, he'll ask you to identify wines, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I will not be served by someone who is clearly my social better. Right on. But, um, you know, there you go. Mind you, I've often said it because I've been to posh restaurants in America, but as an Englishman, I would say that even, uh, like, it's funny to see Americans pretending to be posh. No American is really posh. The poorest man in England is posher than the poshest American. <laughs> well, you are saying it's this about to see Mississippi or whatever. But, you know, they've... It's it's especially funny to see Mississippians try to. Yeah, you off. live in Mississippi. That kind of doesn't count. Yeah, that's yeah. Like it's kind yeah, of indicative of America, but it's also like a hyper real version of America. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it. I mean, I mean, in America it's, it's in David general, America, pretty much. I mean, America is is a young country. It hasn't lasted long enough to have people of quote unquote breeding. Um, but it's funny to see people try and act like they do. Um, in Mississippi, it's even more so because, you know, they only have inbreeding, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun to see. Um, Jim, I have a question. Just... Do, they, do they have the equivalent of fucking like a, a television show equivalent of cops in England? Do they have anything like that? Is it like, do they have constables or something like that? Oh, well, they have Bobbies. Yeah. But... <laughs> the only one I remember was the only like documentary I remember on police was like a, a very serious one filmed without the police knowing that basically oh. exposed every policeman See, as a I think, racist. I think you need that because I think, he, I, I think you need that and you need to see that so you can be brought down a peg like the rest of us. We've been, uh, all of us on the show, pretty much grown up with cops. I think that show's been running for like 24 years. I've so we're like it. totally willing to believe it when you say, oh yeah, we're a bunch of, uh, you know, like, you know, 
like lowly, you know, miserable people. Oh, no, I we can know go this because we have cops. You guys need constables. Yeah, well, I can go you one better because I've discovered my new favorite TV show. It's called Let's Make a Deal, and I'm sure you've all heard of it, but I, having, you know, not lived in this country, have never seen Let's Make a Deal before. It is the, it. It's is, the greatest imagine, show of all time. Imagine, really? deal, imagine the American version of Deal or No Deal, right? But well, even they have tackier, an oh, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, I'm sorry, even please. tackier than the American because Deal or No Deal was originally a British show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it was I, nowhere I near as embarrassing as that bullshit with all the sexy women and the bald-headed man. But imagine, <laughs> even, like, even the, without Howie Mandel, I am shocked. But imagine Deal or No Deal, um, that. But even worse, like the way that you um, even get to be a contestant is you turn up as part of the studio audience and just look as fucking stupid as possible. And then the host will say, those people look stupid. Get the fuck up here. He doesn't actually say that, but that's Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we talking about let's make a deal as in like Monty Hall? Let's make a deal. Like they they rebooted the original show. I think he's talking about the original, original show. No, no, I'm talking about the new show. Wait, there's a new let's make a deal. He was, it's um, so the original, the original was- host. The original host wasn't like a bald, coloured fellow, was he? No, no, that's no. <laughs> under no <What>? circumstances. <laughs> yeah, the Bonnie new host. The new host. The new host is a bald black guy, and he's joined by some grinning simpleton, who I guess is the comic relief, but he's not funny. But that's what makes it funnier, and. Like people turn up with like like pirate hats on their heads or like Holy big shit, he's pretend tires. Oh my god! And then he's like, "Hey, you! You're a pair of stupid honky cunts. Get your white asses up!" He doesn't say that, but that's I can't believe he said "colored" though. And <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I just that came out like so naturally. I'm oh, allowed man. to. Jesus. I'm allowed to because he I. He sold I, us the slave, so he's. I oh, guess no. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> As as I have been claiming today on the internet, I am an African American, so I am allowed because it's Black History Month, right? We are all descended from Africans anyway, so it is my History Month, and I am an African American. So Black Power, I'm taking it back. What's up, my niggers? Oh no! What? Pod- I'm allowed to neither podtoy nor destructo.com endorse the views. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Or his nationality. How fucking dare you, you racist. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we were talking about video games or something. Aaron, you, you didn't get around to talking. Oh, yeah, Mass Effect 2. That's pretty much it. And we can talk about that if you want later, but whatever. I don't care. And other than that, um, the Tatsunoko versus Capcom still. That's it. I got that, actually. Uh, Did you? Oh, yes. tell me. How do you th- how do you feel about I it? I really enjoy it. I mean, it's... it's yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm playing on retard mode where, like, B makes you win the game. And do special <laughs> moves and stuff like that, but I really appreciate the fact that that exists because, like, you, it's it's sort of with, like you're playing with the Wiimote and the nunchuck. Exactly. Thing? Oh and yeah. It's it's obviously you know I would never last for three seconds against anyone who's even remotely capable. You know, and could differentiate between low, medium, and and high, uh, high punches or whatever. But like the fact that that's there is sort of it the plays, gateway drug. It's like, like, like Smash Brothers when you play it that way. Yeah, a little bit, and it's sort of like it, it's like the the fact that you know that that's not like the quote unquote true way to play the game sort of makes that like this is this is your preview to the real game. You know, kid, little kid, once you learn how to use the actual mechanics and once you can understand the strategy involved in you know when to do hyper combos and blah blah blah, you can play the quote unquote real way. And you know, I, I just love being able to to pull off ridiculous hyper stuff without having to get really frustrated that I didn't do the button combination exactly right. So I mean, like. It's. It almost seems like 
a, a great combination of sort of having that 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 weird uh, fighting game uh, depth that I could never understand, but also being really accessible and being able to switch off between the two in a way that like. Yeah. You know, well, I I, I I consider myself kind of in the same boat. Where like you know when I got Street Fighter Four, like I really tried. I really tried to get into it the way that I was into like you know Capcom versus SNK and that kind of thing. But like I've just gotten too old and too fucking lazy, and everyone else is too good. And plus, with the advent of on- online play, I'm always constantly reminded of how terrible I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I played Tatsunoko versus Capcom, the first thing, even though I was playing with a classic controller and actually had you know uh, had control over the light, medium, hard attack buttons as opposed to punch or kicks. Like it, that that was simplified enough that I felt really fucking good despite the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. So I can only imagine what it must be like uh, when they simplify it further because it already feels like so much less intimidating than any other fighter I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And know? beyond That's that it. too, like, you know, I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything about Tatsunoko, but there's this weird like sort of cool magic to not actually knowing who half the characters in that <laughs> roster are. Yeah. And like seeing all these little special moves that are obviously referential to something and means a lot to some group of people that I will never Yeah, meet. and you have no idea what the fuck yeah. they are. Yeah, and like, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of torn between like wanting that to be my entry into the Tatsunoko universe and just wanting to watch a bunch of episodes of G-Force and also wanting to never ever do that and just keep that sort of vague misunderstanding yes. of like, why is there a giant gold lighter who is also a robot that fights people? Like, I, maybe There's... I don't want to know. Maybe it's cool yeah, to yeah. just make that up in my mind and try to explain it. There's that one character, uh, Yatterman, uh, that I had never seen before. I, I'm familiar with some of the Tatsunoko properties, but not all of them, obviously. And Yatterman is one of the ones that I didn't know. And one of his hyper attacks is this giant fucking robot that appears out of the background and just, like, bitch slaps your enemy. And he's, like, a big, like, silly-looking fucking thing. And I had no idea why, but it made me laugh, laugh my ass off. And I kind of want it to stay that way. <laughs> like, I don't want to look up anything about it. I'd just rather be, like, the wackiest, like... I kind of like in my head just uh, imagining that these are original characters the way the characters used to be original before, you know, uh, Capcom started recycling everybody. Um, and I know that's not true. They, they do new characters and good for them. But, but these are like really imaginative, flashy characters, characters that are, you know, like that's the thing. I, I know nothing about them, but I like all of them because mm-hmm. they're really fucking colorful and really cool and have interesting characteristics and shit. So, yeah. Yeah, Jim, I, notice he didn't say they're colored. <laughs> <laughs> what? You. How dare you say that I cannot say words? But based on the colour of my skin, you fucking racist. That's a problem with your lot. They're always so racist. <laughs> Speaking of racist, I've been playing White Knight Chronicles. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't talk about it really. But do it that comes game's... out tomorrow. You can't talk about it. When's it embargo? Well, I'm, I'm probably. I'm probably still embargoed even on I'll the review. I'll talk about it. But okay, I, I played an hour and a half about. 30 minutes of that was in the character creator. Dude, it is a super JRPG. Like, yeah. it is. It is JRPG to the fucking max. Like, complete with, really? like, a 20-minute cutscene at the beginning. Oh. Like, <laughs> and the character creator is just kind of ridiculous. Like, I have this running joke where I make Peter Weller my main character in every game. <laughs> and and it, it works great in Mass Effect. I don't know if you guys seen my photos of Peter Weller in Mass Effect, and I'll, I'll pass that around later during the break. But... You can't make Peter Weller in this game. <laughs> you, you really can't. Well, then it fails, obviously. Yeah, if, you write, if I review this shit for MTV, that's all that the review is. If you write any more than that, you should be fired from, from MTV. <laughs> and you can't make a Brad Nicholson for sure. Like, <laughs> they don't know they, that you people like you exist. Yeah, well, you know, like, it has these, uh, it, it all has really simple... Okay, let me take a step back. You know, Fight Night Round 4 has, like, the really cool sliders that are they're fairly intricate, but 
but easy to use, intuitive. Basically, like this... do all the characters like come out as seventeen-year-old stick insects with Sonic the Hedgehog on their head? Yeah, totally. Even even yeah. the old guys like look look really weird. Um, you know, the sliders are very uh, general almost, and like what they do to your body. Even those are there's a ton of them. There's a ton of these sliders, but but I can't really like you can't you can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And even the body sliders, like their definition of like biceps is just like arm fat. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sitting here trying to make my guy like a little bit bigger, but the only thing that's happening is this is like he looks like he has bat wings now. <laughs> You know, and that's okay, I guess. You know, like I went with it. I'm like, all right, I'll roll with this dude. And then he's not even the main character. He's not even. I, I sat there for 30 minutes trying to make Brad Nicholson, or first Peter Weller, and then Brad Nicholson, and and he's silent protagonist. He is a silent protagonist uh, as of the first like 35 minutes of the game. I hate character creators, like really in depth ones. I think we've talked about this before, but I, I view them as a problem um, because. I'm one of those guys who is uh, very unhappy with things I create. So, mm-hmm. and and the more options you're given in a character creator, I find that it just gives you more opportunities to fuck up. You know, it's that whole, like an artist who keeps adding to his painting until it's just like a brown splodge. Um, and it's when I do my characters splodge, correctly, sorry. they're brown splodges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Um, so you get these opportunities to like tweak the bridge of the nose or the width of the eye, and you get so many options you can't make it look like what you want it to look like because there's unless too you much. want it to look like a fucking circus freak. If, yeah, that's easy yeah, basically. Oh, if, that's if awesome. they limit you, you know, then you can just you end up being happy with what you've got. I'm like, eh, that kind of looks like me, good enough. But then mm-hmm. if you've got more to do, it's like it must look exactly like me. I can no, it's all yeah. fucked up. Now the, I uh, I, the last time I actually actively tried to make a character that looked like me was Fallout, uh, Fallout Three, and it and it it kind of worked. Um, but actually, I have one tangential thing. This thing that I discovered. The best I, I got I on Fallout Three was Burt Reynolds with a mullet and purple hair. <laughs> I think that's the best anybody's ever. Yeah, yeah Fallout Three it is, it is impossible in that game to create someone who looks remotely human. So that's actually, what you no, do. One, you give up, one you just... thing I'll address about character creation, okay, is that every game that has character creation, obviously because of the nature of of modeling in games, you can't like create hair. They can give you a library of hair to select from, um, and I've never been able to create a character with my kind of like mop fucking head of hair, like my Farrah Fawcett bullshit that I've got going on, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, and now th- I bring this up because this is something I discovered just today, and I found a char- there's a character in a game that is on the shelves right now that has a head of hair that looked exactly, exactly like mine, and he actually kind of looks like me. Unfortunately, he is, and I'll link you guys to this now, he is the uh, massively obese character that was introduced in Tekken 6 named Bob. If you guys look at that, <laughs> he's, he's a fucking... Look at that! <laughs> that, 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 that looks like it looks like me plus me, but like it's it's just like me plus about two hundred and fifty pounds. Like it's fucking like the, the, course, of course, the one character that actually looks like me in terms of like hair and facial structure. It's also like morbidly obese, not just like fat, like I am. I'm fat, but I'm not morbidly obese. This character is fucking morbidly obese. Right, okay. And it guys list like I'm that short his like name. Aaron Lindy. And it dresses like him as well. <laughs> oh shit, it does! <laughs> that is you to a T, mate. I bet you're even really cool, Bob. Oh, but use that or, uh, or Brad. No, but that Peter was like Bell. the biggest. That was I saw that today at work because there was uh, the way I found it was there was a um, 
uh, on NeoGAP, there was a thread like about like, uh, have there ever been any fat main characters? Which is interesting because I remember talking to, I think it was Anthony, I mentioned it to you or somebody. Yeah. And um, when they showed off, uh, um, when Max Payne three appeared on the cover of Game Informer, and I was like, holy shit, it's our first like pathetic looking fat protagonist. Like, because really, you don't get that. I mean, people as often as people complain about. Um, like the the hypersexualization of women uh, and how there are no real looking women in video games. If you think about it, there really aren't many real looking men. And what I mean by that is fat, washed up, fucking pathetic looking Wait. guys like Max Payne and Max Payne Three. There really guys, aren't. Reload, reload the Twitter or reload the Wikipedia page. Yo, they just confirmed it. This guy is Aaron Lindy's doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's adorable. That's awesome. See, I knew I should have shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> That's the fucking sad thing is that he looks like like I'm a big guy, but Jesus fucking Christ, did the one character that had to resemble me at all in terms of like hair and face have to be that motherfucker? <laughs> like it's so unfair. Like that's just uh, that's not fair. Oh, oh n- now now you should refresh Twitter, by the way. <laughs> um. All right, really quickly, I played no, I played Mass Effect, which we're going to talk about. I also played uh, No More Heroes 2, and I've never before in my life played a game that had such a distinct break between a good part of a game and a bad part of a game. Like, the first half of that game is the most relentlessly wacky, enjoyable, completely unsuit, uh, unsatisfied with being the same thing for more than three seconds. You know, you're doing retro games as, as little side jobs, and, you know, the boss fights are never typical. You, uh, your, your expectations are constantly being dashed, and it's an incredible experience. And it gets to the halfway point, and then it turns into the exact worst part of the first game, which was dodge, attack, dodge, attack. All right, you got to fight this boss, dodge, attack. And then mixed in are these awful secondary missions with the Shinobu character from the first game that make me think that nobody has ever actually played their own game because the platforming sections are so broken horrible. And I just wish that, like, whoever was responsible for the first half of that game needs to make an entire series of games that have that entire sort of design philosophy because I've never really seen that sort of, like, awesome wackiness in a game before, and it just pisses me off so much. Um, but Mass Effect 2... Brad, you said you disagreed with something that I have said or I'm about to say, depending on when people listen to this, because my feature is going up tomorrow. But mm-hmm. I basically said that I didn't like the the fact that the, the characters in Mass Effect 2, when they do die, uh, spoilers, I guess, uh, that when they do die, it's sort of more out of just this sense of weird luck and you choosing like a multi- the, the wrong answer rather than being this legitimate sort of... Uh, dilemma like like the end of Dragon Age where the deaths actually matter and they actually reflected back on you and you you said I was totally wrong. Yeah, uh, I guess can we just open this up to spoilers? Yeah. Well, okay, ser- seriously, <laughs> you're never going to play it. It doesn't matter. No, I'm not saying for me, but I'm saying for okay, our listeners. Look, who, can I just say just before the Mass Effect discussion starts, right? Can I just make one request of you, Anthony, and you, Brad? But neither of you refer to it simply as mass. I've never done that. I never. I've will. been yeah, like I spent the past week with like games bloggers and and that lot, and it's oh the thing about math is it's in space. <laughs> and it's, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it, oh, uh, ow! Sorry, is, did you hate yourself <laughs> into pain? It happens. <laughs> that's like when uh, people say ass creed and aren't being derogatory i'd rather hear that than mass and have somebody think worse than that is when people call it jade raymond's ass 
<laughs> what was that fucking the fucking dude from King of Kong? He was like, yeah, you know, Marble Madness. We just called it Marble. <laughs> you know, like uh, was that like, the same guy who was calling that uh, women DDG for Drop Dead Gorgeous? Was he? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Not. That guy was my hero. Ass. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Brad, please continue. Well, all right, wait, hold on. Just before we... That sounds different. What? Nothing. Continue. Okay, no, I was going to say, before, should we want to take a break before we just go all out with the uh, aspect, too? I guess? Uh, yeah, why not? Good idea. Yeah. So, okay, here, here's what we're going to do, listeners who don't want to hear it. Uh, we're going to talk about the ending, and probably not the end boss. I can't imagine we're going to talk about that, right? No, it's just that it's kind yeah. of silly, but it's not a big deal. Right. So we're going to talk the about mechanics. the circumstances in which characters die. Basically, and, and that's kind of a reveal in of itself because the game isn't like. Oh, that. oh, thanks. For... No, that that I'm unapologetic about. I, they tell you pretty much from the beginning of the game that this is about a suicide mission. It's no, it's not that. Mission. It's I didn't know the game had circumstances in it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a game. Mass Effect has guns. What? Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll do that and we'll be right back. This week on the GamerCast Network. Podtoid switches to Monday Night Recordings. There's a Jay Leno joke there somewhere, but it's probably too late for that. The Apple iPad. Is it just an overgrown eye touch, or are we missing the big picture? On Uncle Gamer Radio, episode 130. On Sarcastic Gamer Pink, episode 55, Jax, Leslie, and Harley discuss Mass Effect 2, the iPad, Golden Showers, and more. Discover the community that brings you all these great podcasts and more at GamerCastNetwork.com. Okay, we got some really spoilerific Mass Effect 2 talk coming up. If you want to skip it, go to 1 hours, 10 minutes, and 30 seconds in the podcast. All right, welcome back. All right, so we're about to talk about Mass Effect 2. And I already sort of said how I feel about it. Brad, what's your, what's your take on it? Well, in terms of, uh, let's, let's start out with the foundation, right? Are, are, you, are you saying that the, the meaningful choices that you make to the for the suicide mission are meaningful? I'm saying that they are either basically uh, sort of uninteresting choices, like do you want to get uh, more armor for the Normandy? Of course you do. There's no downside to getting armor for the Normandy. So in doing so, you prevent people from like level, uh, who aren't on like the fourth level of your ship from dying. And that's not really... That's not a choice. That's just making sure that I'm super prepared and I have a lot of free time on my hands to do side quests. And, you know... Uh, or, you know, the stuff like the, when, when two characters get into an arguments, when you're forced to make a choice there, I think that's really cool. But the problem, a sort of secondary problem, is that my Paragon score was always high enough that I never actually had to make those kind of choices. But that sort of difficult, m- taking yeah. a stand I, and, and having a consequential right. decision to make, I love that. But it just Well, see, I was, I was in the, uh, the complete opposite uh, position, Anthony, because I think, as, as you mentioned to me, like, you get, you get a boost in your Paragon score if you load up a character. I didn't do that, so I started as a clean slate. And... Uh, and so, uh, basically, the, the, one of the uh, the showdown uh, happens after you finish two characters. Can I just say who or, or are we? Yeah, yeah spoilers. Okay, sure. Right. So, I uh, two of the first characters that I did the uh, loyalty missions for were Miranda and um, and Jack, and I did both of them before people got all abducted and shit. I didn't wait till late to do that. So my Paragon score was below eighty percent or whatever it has to be for you to be able to opt for that. So all of a sudden. Um, and it's I just this pissed me off because it just seemed like a like a like a lapse in judgment in terms of game design that I get back from saving Miranda's fucking sister and then all of a sudden she's getting into a bitch fight with Jack and she's mm-hmm. being a cunt like Miranda was being a total fucking like just bitch like she was like ah you're just that 
ugly girl who dresses weirdly. And, and Jack's like, I'm going to kick your ass because you're being kind of a bitch. And, um, <laughs> and I didn't have any option to like, like I didn't have either renegade or paragon conversation options because I wasn't built up high enough because it happened relatively early. So right after doing really awesome things for both of these women, they're both like, Jews, damn it. And I couldn't like, um, and I, I, I couldn't like, I had to choose, but like, so I chose Jack because I, um, you know, in my head, she wasn't being quite as much of a bitch and acting irrationally and whatnot. And then, so, so Miranda hates me for the rest of the game. And I literally couldn't, I tried doing every single, uh, mission or thing that I could do. Like I even bought a guide, like to do every single thing that would reward me with Paragon points, but I couldn't get enough to get to a hundred percent by the end of the game that I could make her like not hate me. Like that pissed me off so fucking much. Like here I am running around the world, uh, running around the galaxy, saving everything, saving her sister and whatnot, and she's still all bitch cakes at me. Now, now ignoring the the timing of that, that it happened to happen like right after you finished saving your sister, isn't there some value to the fact that you know no matter how much this person likes you, that there are just sometimes irreconcilable differences between people, and the fact that you have to live with that, and that maybe it means that people are going to die as a result of that? Well, no, because one of the options was, I mean, there there were three options, right? There was Jack, you're being a bitch. Miranda, you're being a bitch. You're both being bitches, like, but for some reason I couldn't say that. And, and that seemed really dumb to me because it wasn't like – it didn't seem outside of the realm of possibility that it would occur to Shepard to be able to like, try to, to solve things diplomatically even if he wasn't like a paragon of virtue or a right bastard. Like, he should have been able to like, – that's, that's well, what about so, this? What about this? If you did have that option but in doing so you lost like, both of their loyalties, would that have been – more yeah, satisfying. that would have been really fucking interesting to me. Or if there were, or if, or if that course of dialogue was was lengthier and more interesting, where it wasn't just like, you know, I hate you. No, I hate you. Hey, you need to choose, and then, um, and then you choose or something like. It, it was so there was only really one step to it. Um, if it was actually a little more, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little more well developed, like th- that there was actually some kind of back and forth between this, and a little more like you know some ambiguity in the conversation as opposed to. You need to choose which one of us you don't want to hate you because obviously you haven't, you're not a big enough good guy for us to allow you to reconcile our differences for us. What, what I thought was interesting was when that happened to me, that, that argument matched the tone because I just got done with Jack's uh, uh, fucking trust mission. What do you call those again? I'm sorry. I, I think loyalty missions mission? or something. Yeah. Loyalty mission, whatever. I, I just finished that, right? So then they got in this terrible argument right after the fact. But you know, I was able to talk to Jack afterwards, and I thought, you know, it took me about an hour or so. This is what I was talking about last week. And the conversation with that in and of itself is trying to get Jack back uh, to your side was, was pretty damn good. Um, you had to intimidate her, right? And, and the line was something like, what, do you want me to kiss your ass in front of Miranda? You know, just trying to uh, restore yeah, that like sense of self that Jack has. Yeah, like, I'm that's an really asshole. But but didn't you have to be at like? Didn't you have to max out your Paragon? No, or your, not your Paragon, your Renegade thing before you could have that conversation with her. No, because I I was reading online and and it says like yeah to to like because I couldn't I, I was literally like four or five points away from getting it and every time I'd go talk to Miranda she'd just be like why don't you go talk to your bitch ass friend Jack bitch bitch. And I'd be like, ah, come on, let's, let's, you know, we're just about, we're about to go on the suicide mission. How about we have a conversation? She's like, fuck off. And that's it. Like, that's all I ever got from her. Like, for the rest of the game. I, um, I think part of that goes into the, the romance options as well, though. I mean, imagine if you were trying to court Miranda, who, who does, uh, you know. You, no, no, you, but I, I thought of that. I dumped, I dumped Jack 
and then tried to go talk to Miranda. She was like, fuck off. And then, then I was like, okay, well, fuck both of those bitches. And then I went and chased after Tally. So that was, but that was but think about I, your, think about your feeling of loss though. Like if, if Miranda was your love interest at that, that point. Like I thought that that would be the most uh, the most compelling. I, I, well, I don't think Lindy's complaining about the fact that there's loss. I think the issue is that it's just not presented in such a way that feels believable. Like I think I think I think, yeah, I think Lindy, felt, we're agreeing that that the idea of a high consequence thing, where maybe by playing the game you can't get everyone to be loyal, is not necessarily a bad thing. Oh yeah, no, no, and I, I agree. It's it's certainly not. But uh, Anthony, what we were talking about the other day, we, uh, I, I mentioned Anthony. We were talking like he had finished on like what Friday. I finished on Sunday or Saturday. And one of the things that I, I that occurred to me that I told Anthony about was like that there came a point at which you can see the machinations of the of the dialogue engine and how the interaction and such works. So you can see all of that running behind the scenes. You know exactly how it works. And so I think that's like midway through the game. Like I just couldn't believe. And that was kind of the tipping point where I was like, okay, these aren't real interactions. There's nothing genuine to what's going on, obviously. But I mean, but like the magic was kind of like immediately just snapped to me. Uh, in that scenario because none of it made fucking sense because of the, the circumstances by which it was presented. And it could have been fixed with something like maybe it would be two or three missions after that one thing. But I was just like, why the fuck are they fighting now? And why the fuck is she never going to talk to me again? It didn't make any sense. So I spent the rest of my, and, and I didn't want to go do the suicide mission without having everybody loyal because I didn't want to lose anybody. Like I wanted to try to save as many people as possible uh, when I went on the suicide mission. So I spent the rest of the game trying to win her over, and I just couldn't fucking do it, and it didn't make any sense. This was a woman who, up until that point, had been a had been a rational almost to a fault, and uh, suddenly became exceptionally irrational, and I couldn't understand why. Hmm. And yeah, I mean, if it was something where, if it was a situation in which there, if it was a no-win scenario, like if you had to walk out of that thing just pissing off one of them, and then over the course of the rest of the game, get them back. That would have been really cool. But unfortunately, but I could see how, what I knew what the game wanted me to do to get her back, but I couldn't do that because I had spent the first, I don't know, third of the game responding to questions without just going for the Paragon answer or the Renegade answer. I did a lot of Renegade shit and a lot of Paragon shit, and there simply weren't enough uh, decisions left in the game for me to max out my Paragon rating. Like, I just couldn't do it. So there was this part of the game that was locked off to me because I was responding realistically, and that really upset me. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. Well, my, my larger concern with the game is that it's split into two sort of, uh, I guess, sort of narrative slash gameplay slash thematic arcs when it comes to like deciding who dies in that final mission. And the first part of the game is just be a prepared little ant and don't be a funny little grasshopper. So long as you prove that you like these characters by get, getting everybody loyal and doing all these little missions for your ship and stuff like that, mm-hmm. then it's fine. And you know, on the one hand, that's problematic because it's not forcing me to make choices. On the other hand, it's also problematic because it means I'm not going to get anything dramatically interesting. But so to sort of counteract the fact that nobody's going to die just if you're a prepared little busy bee, they go and they say, okay, now it's pretty much just random based on who you chose to go on these fire exactly. team missions. Yeah, instead, yeah. Of, instead of making it, I mean, which I, 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 I did appreciate the fact that people still died in my game. Thane, Krios, and Samara died in my game. And when Thane died, uh, uh, I, I was really sad and uh, for you know half a second because I still had work to do, but I was like, no, I actually scream no at my TV because I do that a lot because I'm an idiot. But hmm. and I like that, but like the fact that they died basically because it asked me, hey, A, B, or C, and I said uh, B, and they're like, nope, C, he's dead. Sorry, I, it's it's, uh-huh. it's not that simple. Like uh, one of the things you'll hear if you ever do listen to Casey Hudson talk about this game is that 
that that entire conclusion, like you realize when you play it how patchwork it is because the frame rate starts to stutter, right? Yeah. Like if you if you get all the armor upgrades and shit for your ship, you'll notice how it just is not seamless because you're passing through everything. It's kind of like a like a slight delay, like you would uh, flip through a book. Yeah, it's going but, through uh, different iterations of the right. But but the the system itself is actually really complex to the point where even Hudson doesn't know what the fuck it does. Like you can lose people that trust that that trust you. You can lose them. You well, yeah, lose- yeah. I noticed that because I lost two people and both of them trusted me. Like right. And, but they died for for seemingly random reasons. Like, but it, I selected the bo- the best person for both jobs. Like I, I selected Samara for the uh, the leading the fire team, and for some reason she just fucking died because apparently she's not the badass ass kicking Jessica that she was for the rest of the game. Like it's like, you know, and 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 uh uh Morton got killed by just a shot that just shot through the door for no fucking reason. It like it was one of those things that I, I didn't see any like there there was no control that I had over either of those deaths because they were both exceptionally capable people to do the things that I asked them to do and by all accounts uh, other people, other, other players who I was reading, you know, who made the same selections that I had, had no problems and got out with a 100% success rate. But for some reason, one of them, and both of them just got shot through open doors. Like, it's like they just lingered in front of the fucking door too long and got shot. Like, what, what control could I possibly have over that? They're, they're okay. So let's, let's, let's back up for a second. There, there's a core system. It's just like numbers. It's like a huge fucking algebra problem, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that has like this entire conclusion tied into it. And then that relies on like the urgency that you go into the Mega Four relay. It also goes into like all the conversations that you bothered to have with these crewmates. Like, did you did you mess with Morden like after you did his loyalty mission? Yeah, I talked to I talked to everybody until they would not have new conversations with. Oh, me. really? You went that far? I did the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Now, the only character you... I did not have loyal was Zaid, and that's yeah, it. Because fuck that guy. <laughs> you well, see, I never got to play as him. Oh no! Play with him rather. Um, but okay, so you you get you get the uh, the urgency factor, the conversation factors. Like, see, the one talk. thing that I didn't have was the urgency factor, but that's why Kelly Chambers died, right? I, I I did have an urgency factor, and I saved Kelly, but it's still I I still lost Thane and Samara. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, there, there's there's a number of things that go into this. Like, I he, they don't even know. I, I I'm not even sure. So I I could see in one way you could say, yeah, this is fucking random. That's terrible. But if they assign like each of these numbers to like a meaningful action, and when you do them, then I th- I think. I think that does come out the way you want it to, where, like, you know, I didn't treat this person right at the right time. I fucked up. You know, now they're no, but gone. I think, I, yeah, but I think what kills me about it, though, is that, is that you know, more than getting shot through the door had nothing to do with my decisions. Absolutely not. It did, though. Like, that was part of it. But, it, but, it, but if you don't know, no, no, if the no, game no, doesn't no. present it as, but, yeah. hey, this actually mattered what you did, and this is why this character yeah, is yeah, dying. Yeah. I mean, no, there, no, there, can, there can be the most complex algorithm ever yeah, for yeah. defining I, dice rolls and stuff. But I'm, if you absolutely, don't... I'm absolutely certain that, that the game made a determination for Morden to die based on some decision that I made. As far as the scene was concerned, though, Morden got shot kind of randomly because he was standing like a fucking idiot in front of an open door with a bunch <laughs> of battles on the other side. Like, that had... As far as I was concerned, as 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 the audience for that scene had nothing to do with any of the decisions that I had made up to that point, nor did it have anything to do with my relationship with Morton. Like it, you know, someone dying because they didn't trust me, or because they, you know, they because they they didn't follow my orders to the letter, uh, because you know they thought I was full of shit, or someone dying because the hole got blasted out or something like that. That all I could understand. But if somehow my decisions led to Morton getting shot randomly through a door. That doesn't make any sense to me. That makes absolutely no fucking sense to me. Like, I don't get it. 
I see. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, did, did I, uh, it, uh, uh, well, whatever. I've been going on too long. No, no, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I, but I know what you mean, right? That, that, yeah, it is a, it is a determination that's based by, uh, based on a big, you know, big complex algorithm and whatnot. But if it doesn't make sense in the context of the game, it just all it serves, all it serves to do is to piss me off. And to show me that no matter how much preparation I put in, there's always going to be a chance that someone's just going to die randomly, which, you know, granted, is something that happens on suicide missions. You know, sometimes people just get shot. But um, it, it, after the game, after an entire game, an entire marketing campaign of, of people telling me, like, you know, all your decisions matter and all your decisions, you know, will make a difference and how you approach the situation is going to, de- to determine its outcome that was like, it was like the most, the, the two deaths that I had had nothing to do with my decisions or it appeared to have nothing to do with, with my decisions. Right. Like if they were I, in a way that was realized, like if that, that illustrated somehow that I had fucked up, but as far as I was concerned, I didn't fuck up. Right. I, I think the most unfortunate thing is you lost two people via the same mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think it's really what broke it for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and, and how, See, and I only lost one person, but but did did your people die the same way, Anthony? Yeah, the exact same way. Uh, Samara is walking through a door, and then you hear a shot, and then she falls over. Fane is closing a door, and he his face was out, and so he gets shot in the face. And I mean, part yeah, part of the problem is that they they both got shot through doors, and and by the time Samara died, it felt a little bit arbitrary. But the the larger issue is that you know you play a game like Dragon Age, and when people die at the end of Dragon Age, it's for very important, very distinct, very understandable reasons, and the reasons usually have something to do with your input. I mean, regardless of how awesome that our algorithm is in Mass Effect 2, it felt really random, which, I mean, I'm not saying is an unreasonable way to kill off characters. I mean, anybody who's seen the end of Serenity knows that random character death can be a really harsh, affecting uh, thing. But in a game that's saying, hey, your actions matter to sort of introduce this, these deaths as if they were completely random, don't really have anything to do with my input, was, was a, a real downer. Yeah. See, well, th- now that's one thing, is that, is that if all of that was scripted, if all that was scripted, that would have that shocked me to my core. Like, to see, to see Morden get shot in the face, like, and, and randomly, and like, how fucking tragic is that? If that was all meant to happen, if that was pre, preordained from, you know, the moment that I started on the game, that'd be one thing. But because it also suck. Events, what's that? I said, I think it was also suck in a game, in an RPG. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, but it's because, you know, all of the, like Anthony said, because all of these were basically the, you know, the result of my decisions, the fact that they weren't realized in a way where those decisions were somehow made meaningful uh, vis-a-vis those deaths, I mean, it really disappointed me because I, I, I did not see any sort of causal link between them. None well, let's go back to the core choice, though, uh, of who to lead, which parts. Like, do you not think that reflects, like, your relationship and your, your understanding of these characters? That definitely does. Okay, okay, so let, let's let's even back up. Okay, so the first one where you had to crawl through the duct and fuck with the door. Did you send Thane? Is that yes. how he died? Yeah, okay. and because I because I thought that he was the best man for the job, and but, but that, that would still have him die then because it wasn't it wasn't me sending the guy because I thought that you know I, I he didn't matter and I thought he was going to die, so I, I you know I didn't send uh, some tech I didn't send Legion because I didn't care about him because I thought he was going to die. I sent Thane because I thought he was the best guy for the job and he died, and that in itself does actually reflect back in a kind of interesting way, but not in you know, a Dragon Age kind of way. Yeah, and I sent Morton for the same reason, because I thought he was the best dude for the job. He was an extremely technical person, and, and you know, I figured he was, he was, he was my homie at that point. Um, <laughs> but, but he didn't die in the, you know, both, both Thane, in, in my case and Anthony's, both Thane and Morton successfully completed that goal, like with no problems. And they got yeah. out and everything was safe. And then they died for a reason completely unrelated to that goal. Like that's, 
that's what kills me. Like if they had died somehow, like, you know, cause in that scene, okay, right. You're, you're racing to open up those little gates inside the, uh, inside the ventilation shaft so they can keep moving. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it was if it was something like okay you get to a point like say I sent um, somebody that was a say I made a dumb decision and sent like uh, I don't know um, no Tali would have been a good decision I don't know Miranda or some shit right and uh, she's halfway through and it suddenly occurs to her that she has no idea what the fuck she's doing and gets stuck or something like that or can't negotiate some technical aspect of the ventilation shaft and no matter how fast I go or no, how, no matter how many gates I open she dies because she doesn't have the skills that she needs to get through that particular scenario I made a poor decision as a leader and she dies because of it that makes sense but I sent you know the tech guy and he got out he's not fine. a tech guy Morton? no he's not really a tech guy well he's, he's got tech abilities tech guy. what okay well, well either way either way regardless of who you send I mean I I Fane had tech abilities. I sent Tally. I replayed it and sent Tally, and she's the ultimate techie, and she still died when I did it. So, yeah, weird. But I, but they don't. Die, but that's the thing. It doesn't matter who you send. If they don't, if 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 they complete their objective, but then just get shot randomly. That's 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 my point. Is that that's where the disconnect is, right? Their deaths have nothing to do with the validity of the choice that you made, because they complete their goal and they just well, happen depends. to get shot out front of a what's that? What what group are they? Are you sending them in after the fact too? Because you you know you you pick different groups to go off and do different things as well as keep your own three people. And I, I think those have factors as well. It's like who the fuck are they chilling with? And I understand what you're saying. It's hokey as shit that they're standing in front of a door, and there's really no defense for it. But I also think that that that's a factor as well. Like who was Morden with? You know what I mean? Well, he was he alone. Was with everybody, though, right? I mean, there was. What's that? Yeah, by the by the time by the time he gets back to he finishes up in the door, he's with everyone. So there's really no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. But I, I think I think we probably talked about this enough. Yeah, probably. All right. Um, submit. You had some shit you wanted to talk about. Yeah, there's <clears throat> nothing news. to do with. Yeah, there, there are three other people on this podcast. News shit happened this week. <clears throat> um. So. Let's see. First off, um, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the big announcements for the week was the Apple iPad was announced. Uh, yes, last Wednesday morning, I think it was Wednesday. I think. Um, so, uh, what do we? Think? Everyone, shut up and listen to me. The behemoth has just. I <laughs> 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 was game three, man. Game three. Not they anymore. just announced the Game 3's Battle Block Theater. I am writing about it now. Sorry, Smith, carry on. Shut up and listen to me. It's called Battle Block Theater? Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite cool. That's more interesting than the iPad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Smith. I'm just fucking with you. You're all right for a colored. <laughs> uh, thanks, I guess. Um, no, so, so tell us, Jim, what do you think of the iPad? I'm curious. The iPad... More like the eye is not very good, Pad. <laughs> I have to say, as an iPhone owner and a guy that reviews iPhone games, it's a pretty exciting piece of hardware, just because it's I bigger know. and I mean, it's got better tech. Wait, really? I, I mean, all the, all the iPhone really games you do... Follow, but it's just a big iPhone, isn't it, that you can't make calls off? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you say that, because I, I play a shitload it's of games. It's kind of a Kindle killer. Makes me no, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. The whole no, it's fucking not. bookstore and all that shit. Right, but I, I will say this: like, if the publishers keep leaving Amazon, like Macmillan did, I think, or Macmillan, whatever, uh, the the people that do the Wheel of Time series, and like, who gives a shit? Which is why I'm fine with it. 
But if publishers keep leaving so they can bloat their fucking prices on iTunes because Apple lets them, that's a bummer. And that's a Kindle killer. Because right now, Amazon keeps these books within the $8 to $15 range, which is fucking awesome if you think about it. But I, I, I disagree with the backlighting of the iPod or the iPad, yeah. rather. And I think the pages look goofy as shit. Like that, that thing would be really awesome for reading a magazine. I would totally do it. But will I ever have a book reading experience? No. Yeah. No, no. That's the that's the whole reason the Kindle uses that, um, and you know most readers I, I believe use that e-ink technology because uh, staring into an LCD screen for long periods of time is not good for your eyes. It, you know, causes a lot of this obviously eye strain. That's the whole point of e-ink is that it's um, you know it doesn't affect you like that because it's not yeah, a, a back. The point back of it is it recreates the book experience, man. Like that is like it looks like a fucking book. No, but I mean, but specifically, the, the point behind the technology is that it's able to render, you know, grayscale uh, text um, without uh, causing eye, you know, eye, eye strain. That's but, bullshit. Uh, that's what I've read. But anyway, um, Books speaking give of me eye strain, man, <laughs> like what's what's that's the? Because nobody I mean, that's as just, hard as you do. That's just that's because you. That's because you've got like a, two Bibles stacked together and you're ripping them in half. Of course, you're going to strain yourself. Grover Cleveland on that shit. <laughs> um, no, but but um, the pen is not mightier than Brad Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't turn the page. He just reads it until it fades, until it like disintegrates. <laughs> um, but but speaking of the iPad as a, as a gaming device, um, you know Dale North wrote uh, an editorial you guys should check out. Uh, it's it's called. Um, iPad likely to change gaming, just not yours. You know, he's speaking to destructive readers, most of whom are hardcore gamers. Because um, the thing with the, the iPad, and, and the reason I, I think it's you know dumb, uh, at least so far, is that you know, uh, it's as you guys have mentioned, it it um it plays iPhone games out of the box. However, because iPhone games are meant to run at whatever the resolution of the iPhone is, I think it's four, uh, it's like three twenty by four eighty, I think. Um, you can either run them in like a, a window in the center of a 9.7 inch iPad screen, or you can like do pixel doubling, which makes uh, like games look really um, obviously pixelated. Um, it doesn't look that bad. But but what I thought was telling was that at the iPad um, reveal, the press conference, whatever you want to call it, they showed games from EA and and who, someone else. Um, and it was just uh, whoever, but game the games. That, the, okay. Oh yeah, it was Game Loft, wasn't game, it? it was game Loft, Halo bullshit. Thanks, Adam. Um, but the what I thought was telling was that they showed games that they they don't use the capabilities of the iPad in any special way. Uh, you know, our Joseph Florey came up with you know, and uh, others, um, other editors, you know, thought like, oh, the, the iPad, for example, could be great for you know uh, a board game, say, you know, like if they had a great version of chess or something like that. And I'm sure they, you know, they're working on that. But if you're telling me that I'm going to want to play, you know, for example, they were they, EA showed a Need for Speed game at the iPad reveal. I'm not going to want to play a racing game with my fingers on a. T- on a, a you know touchscreen with no buttons, and I didn't want to do it in the iPhone, and I don't, I don't want to do it just because the screen is bigger. So I, I think that you know seriously calling out like horseshit marketing tactics as like I wouldn't want to play a racing game. Like of course not, but it fucking looks sort of interesting in the video. Like nobody wants to play a fucking racing game on the iPad. Right, but what I, what I'm saying is what I 
think is telling is that that's the games they were showing, which is, again, not... If they well, want let's, to... Let's give them a fair They showed first. those because the fucking dumb public knows that that's a video game when they see it. It's not because that's what they expect you to want to play. Okay, look, and, I, and I, plus, I know... They I only know had a two-week lead. They had a two-week lead to develop those games. That's it. Right, which is... Okay, that's that's fine, and I'm just and and I understand that you know Checkers is not a game that demos well, <laughs> you know uh, it's not a very active game, but um, you know that that the idea that it, it's gonna you know ha- have um, you know bring games to you know a new sector of the market or or that you know it's bridging the gap between portable devices like uh, smartphones and and you know laptop computers I think is silly. Um, and I especially think it's it's silly. What, for as games. a game machine or as a device? I, I think both. For now, um, ah. from, what, from what we've seen. But uh, you know, then again, I'm not generally like a. Huge I mean, that's kind of fair. That's what they're trying to sell it as. No, no as a game, uh, as a games platform, not so much. But yeah, as a device, it is kind of silly though. I mean, it doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah. Right now, I, if you're telling me that you like, I I understand the idea. Uh, it's that, a oh, fucking. It's a smartphone with a big giant screen that can't make yeah. phone calls. And I understand that, like, oh, it's a, it's a, like you know, if you want to pitch it as something like for your grandma because she doesn't know how to use a computer and this is like nice and simple, and you know she doesn't all she needs is this little you know ten inch thing then, and you know she's not she just needs to use it for like surfing the web and whatever fine. But for most other things, I'd rather have a netbook. You know why? Because a netbook can multitask. A netbook can play music while I'm browsing the web or while I'm writing a document. Um, but I'm getting off topic, you know, in games. That's a weird crux of your argument there. Do you want to listen to music while you browse the web? What, what, what I'm, my point stands about multitasking. The iPhone can't do it and the iPad can't do it. And I think that's so silly. So are you writing two Word documents at once? Are you like... You're like fuck it. I can do this. Or three word documents at once. Are you, are you serious? Like you're seriously. You, you, like, you don't listen to music while you do other things. No, <laughs> never. Really? I, can, dude, I can't. I can't think while like music's on. Do you listen to music at the gym? I listen yeah. to music while I do everything. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. listening to music right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the iPhone can listen to music I'd be lost and if I didn't, go online. If I didn't have to fall on blondes, I'd be lost. <laughs> See, I, I can't listen to music. Maybe that's no, but that's that's the whole thing of multitasking. Is that the beauty of um of, of other other uh, devices is that great. of a computer is that you can have fucking Firefox open to do research while you. But it's uh, not a it's not a fucking a computer. I'm I'm not trying to be mean to you, Smith, but none of your points your points are all horseshit. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I make some. And I'm not and I'm not by any means defending this stupid fucking iPad. I'm just saying, like you. The trouble is, what? like. You're right, Tover. It's not a computer, but then what the fuck is it? Yeah, I think that's the main problem. It's, it's yeah. like, what the fuck is it? I think some it's right. Like, so it's, if you're paying eight hundred dollars or whatever it is for this thing, and it's just an iPad, like an iPod or an iPhone, and but people are going, oh no, but it is not ah ah, and I'm like, well then, what is it then? <laughs> if, it, if it's not that, then it is, you know. It well, has here's to be some sort of computer, but it can't do anything though. a computer can do. So you know, I make some it right on it. I just, it's rare that I back some it up. So I thought I'd make a big show of it. This is this is <laughs> this is coming from a Mac user, like a hardcore, dedicated Mac user. Like, I don't know what it is, and I don't think fucking Apple knows what it is. What it is right now is a platform, a, a blank slate, if you will. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> If you give it a year or two, it will be something awesome, 
and Apple will have very little to do with how awesome it is. It's going to be all the developers and all the other people that are out there with the ideas that are going to turn it into something awesome. Same thing it did with the iPhone. Right, but I just don't, I, well, yeah, but I I don't see where it can go. Like I don't I either. But you know, when the iPhone came out, everybody was like, "Well, pfft, whatever." But like, look at all the shit that it. Really, came I out. thought everybody was Gaga over the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Here, the thing with the, the iPad is that you say that Apple's, you know, not gonna. They're, they don't know, and then you know, they're, they're not going to. But the thing is, they're gonna have everything to do with what's on the iPad because just like the iPhone and everything else, that's Apple. It's a closed ecosystem because they're gonna have to prove every single app and every single game that appears on that device. You're mis- you know, you're talking the fucking horseshit again. I'm not. You, shut up and listen to me. <laughs> well, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a counter argument. That's you saying mean things and not no, talking it's anymore. Not it's what my point is. Like in a year or two, if the iPad is cool, Apple will have had nothing to do, or very little to do with what makes it cool. Basically, they won't all the, the, all the software, all the shit that you will use it for, will have been conceived by someone who's not Apple. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fair. That's I, I just point. think, yeah, I, I just think that, you know. Um, Again, as someone who Apple is basically handing you a box of fucking Legos right now, and they're look, they're standing on stage like, check out these fucking Legos, you know. And then, yeah. if somebody builds the goddamn Death Star out of it or whatever, Apple has almost nothing to do with that, except that they provided the Legos. Yeah, but I, I, I still think that um, if, if the way that they that Jobs presented it was like, you know. Like he basically, he's like, "Oh, this isn't. This is the you know, like I said, the mid, the pitch that has the middle ground between uh, smaller devices and laptop computers, and uh, it's you know, we thought that they were netbooks, but no. How is it not that? Wasn't that solution? How it's not? I would other than in, multitask. In all respects, I would rather have a netbook. Wouldn't you? No, no, no. Tell me how it's not what they're saying it is. Because, because it's because bullshit. Of the, because of the closed yeah. ecosystem, the fact that you can't do the things with you can with an iPhone with like or an iPad with a netbook without going through a great deal of trouble to jailbreak it and then doing all what the shit you that do? you might just not do. Can I just ask what you do? What do you do on an iPad that you can't do on an iPhone? And I'm not what? trying to be smart or anything. Like I legitimately, what can you do on an iPad that you cannot do on an iPhone? Does, apart from look at things bigger. Well, we yeah. don't, I mean, like, there's a lot If that's all it is, then it's yeah. not a middle ground. It's, yeah. well, it's all, it also has whoa, 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 one at a time, Smith. Sorry, Aaron, go. Oh, yeah, Aaron no, has no, to talk no, to no, 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 it's okay. Please, Smith, go ahead. Okay, well, I, I mean, for something I, I can tell you right now what it does. Does anybody have an idea? Like, well, okay, it does apps. It does, okay, so, like, say you want to do a Word document on a phone and on your iPhone, and I'm not even sure if you can do that or not, right? I have no idea. And if it does, it probably sucks. But one thing this does is kind of make a little bit of a it, – it's like a, a smaller netbook in this respect is, is that you can, you can buy uh, iWorks apps, right, and use them as you normally would at home. And you can also connect a little keyboard to help you out too. I, if you think about just our application of it, just out in the field, right, say we had iPads instead of netbooks, which are bigger than iPads, I would much rather have an iPad. But we could do quick blogging just, just instantly. Well, yeah, but you'd have to have that little keyboard dongle attachment thing. And you right. don't have like, to either. I mean, you can just use the uh, – the, the keyboard's fairly no, no, large. No, you don't have to, but, but – Yeah, but I'm sure but that keyboard's a piece of shit. By all no. accounts – by all The, the built-in keyboard? No, well, not a piece of shit, but I'm sure – I mean, it's, I was, it's, it's, it's a touch keyboard. There's no way that that's going to be as – Have you ever as, used an iPhone? Yeah. Uh, do you own one? 
I have Did a, you let it get used to like how you do? I, it? I own an iPhone, and the touch keyboard is not as good as a regular keyboard. I think the point that's being made is that everything that's good about it is an incremental improvement, or is just something slightly different yeah. or slightly more gimmicky than what a netbook has. And everything that's bad about it, a netbook has, or a netbook doesn't yeah. have. You know, whatever. But here's the thing, though, and, 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 and gaming-wise, as far as it concerns us, uh, we haven't yeah. seen anything interesting that an iPhone yeah. can't do. And yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's, that, it's certainly. Well, let's. Okay. Let's now back you this go out. Give sorry. it a fair shake. <laughs> Developers have had two weeks with this device. Yeah, no, like, I, as of that's that day. Definitely true. Okay. Yeah. Number one, like, and, and number two is like this thing has more horsepower. It does more things. It won't do anything dramatically different from the iPhone. Like you will still tilt and steer and move your hands. Deal is, you have a 10-inch screen now. Imagine how much more stuff you can do with a 10-inch screen and that that kind of browser portability as well inside the iPad. Like that that opens it up quite a bit. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing is the 10-inch screen has just about as many receptors per square inch or whatever the fuck it is as the iPhone does. So, like, you know, your iPhone, you have the whole screen, you have maybe, God knows, whatever, how many fucking receptors are in that little four-inch screen. With the iPad, you have 9.7 inches, and there are fucking thousands of of points that your finger can be recognized, mm. like, all over the whole screen. It just opens up. There's crazy shit that you can do with that. I, there, there's uh, a lot of games that could... I think yeah. the, the screen is what's going to make it um, yeah. worthwhile. I, I would love to have one, but, but here's, here's what it comes down to, okay? And this is what I think a lot of people are, are, are feeling is that, is that I, would, I would love to have one and play around with it. Um, I am not going to get this first iteration, though, because if it's anything like the iPhone, it's going to be worthless for the first generation and then okay on the second. Um, if, if only because, you know, it's, it's almost as though Apple likes to beta test their products. You know, it, like the first run is never as good as it could be. The first run iPhone was, was not spectacular. Um, it, it was definitely different and showed a lot of promise. But, like, uh, here's what I don't get. How, and I'm sure you guys have already brought this up, but how the fuck does a device like that launch without Flash? That's, like, I was going to bring that up as well. Yeah. If you're going to use it for web browsing, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's really tough. It's, for, it's, a, it's a gorgeous device, and yeah. I really like it. But, like, I have, uh, okay, like, I have a netbook. I have an iPhone. I have no need for an iPad because of that combination. Like, it runs all of my iPhone apps. That's great. It runs them at low resolution or full screen. That's awesome, too. But so far, none of the games that are currently available on the iPhone are compelling enough to really merit me wanting to get a huge-ass screen for it. Uh, watching video and stuff, that's really cool, too. But, uh, you know, if if I'm in a place where, I don't know, fuck. I just... Uh, yeah, I, I, well, here's I think the, like, what, it really, what it really comes down to is that this fucking thing is just not for us. Yeah. This is made for somebody else. I, I would. I have no idea who that person is, but well, I don't either. A, but it's not me, and it's well, probably. That's what I'm not saying. You. I, I think it is the you know this maybe this sort of the people who are you know like not tech savvy and whom you, you you know for whom you can just buy this sort of prop it in front of them and and say you know well you know it won't get viruses and, and this and that um, and it's relatively but and you know I think the argument that you keep trying to make some is that it wants to be a netbook and it's not, and I don't think it wants to be a fucking netbook. But that's what they're p- you're comparing I mean, apples to oranges. No, no, they're they're per, saying per, per, they're, no they're, they're they're saying that it's what the it's the gap between you know a full on uh, you know a full on laptop and the phone yeah. or something like that better than what the netbook does. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just a really fucking big phone that doesn't make calls. Yeah, like they haven't demonstrated anything that makes it that that distinguishes it enough from my iPhone for me to merit owning an iPhone and an iPad. All right, we should like, move on. We've been we've been talking. Yeah, about yeah. I mean, and, and, there there's there's potential, but. I, you know, we, we'll have to wait and see. iPad, more like iPad $800 for this. 
Um, One thing before we move on, you know, the best thing about the iPad was, was the people like, all the jokes on Twitter about people saying like, no, if you pronounce it with a Boston accent, it's like iPod, iPad. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing was Pee Wee Herman's little viral video of him showing the the iPad to the the characters in the playhouse. What? What? Yeah, I didn't see that. It's on Funny or Die. Pee Wee is just showing off the the iPad to, and and Magic Screen is saying that you can listen to music and and use him at the same time. If you like Pee Wee, is it seriously Pee Wee? It's honestly Pee Wee. I think he's trying to. It's Paul Rubens. Yeah, no, he's trying to mount some sort of return because he was on one of Conan's last shows. Oh, that's right, he was. yeah, again, Dude, I fucking hope Pee Wee comes back. It would be the awesomest shit ever. I mean, no, it's it's. I mean, you have to see that video on Funny or Die because fucking Zombie and then Zombie's not in it, but uh, the the robots in it and all everybody's in it. It's good. Go watch oh, it. And the fucking chair and the, I'm yeah. fucking watch that right now. <laughs> they, need your get, they need to get um uh Cowboy Curtis back. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, um, you air you're breathing, Pee Wee. Uh, so so in other news. Uh, it's it's been a long time coming, and I'm I'm curious about your guys' thoughts on this. But uh, Grand Theft Auto Four uh, episodes from Liberty City, the two DLC packs that came, uh, came out on Xbox Live exclusively last year. Um, you had uh, the uh, Lost and Damned in February of 2009, and then Battle of Gaytonia in October. Uh, both both of those are now coming to the PlayStation Three and PC on March 30th. And I'm curious if um if any of you guys still care, no. or you th- if you think other people care. Oh. Um, Holy oh, shit, man. dude! It's really Pee Wee. <laughs> that, that's, 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 that's Topher's answer. Submit, submit. I'm eating my dinner. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody really. Definitely shitty story. Aaron, um, did you want to do that? That Shenmue. I'm not gonna stop eating. We're not talking. Oh, you're not saying words. Yeah. I'm just. Oh, no. Yeah. I, what's, I, the, what's the story now that that Sega says that they want to do? That they they would consider doing Shen Shenmue three, but like uh, uh, they think it wouldn't sell very well, so they want like they want it to be platform exclusive, so it can be financed by a platform uh, key platform yeah, developer. Yeah, basically I think, they, they'll trade exclusivity for yeah. Funder. They're they're about six years too late. No, one <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like I love I love Shenmue so much. I do. I adore it. Sailors, whatever. Um, but no one else fucking does. The only people that do are nerds like me. No one else remembers what it is. You can't push you know, a sequel like that, you know, cause like nowadays, yeah, you can be like, Oh, it's a revamp of this classic game. Uh, that game isn't that old. It's just fucking missed the mark. No one remembers what it is. No one cares. It's no, don't do that. Don't, you know, it's just, don't. Would you, you know what? Though? You not There's a possibility. Oh, I would buy the shit out of it. It just seems like a really <laughs> stupid idea. Because do, then, do just, like, There's a possibility. Sega knows that though. And they're just like, this is their way of saying there's going to be no new Shenmue. <laughs> by basically offering this fantastical idea that's never going to happen. Yeah, like, like Microsoft like or Sony like, are not going to buy this. It seems fucking ridiculous to me. They'd be like, well, if only like a Microsoft or a Sony would swoop in and say, I'll publish that, you know, because otherwise it's never coming out. So they want people to just go bark up those fucking trees for them as opposed to making those proposals themselves when they know that any self-respecting publisher is going to look, take one look at it and say, there is absolutely no market for that. Like well, there are eight people and I'm three of them. <laughs> well, do you also are you just afraid of of uh, sort of you know what it could be? Do you do not want them to just dredge up that the memories you, you are, have of, of one and two? Are you saying that I'm 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 afraid of their failure? Is that what that, is that what you're suggesting? Sure. Like, you I, want, I mean, like, like, is, is is Shenmue a franchise that you care enough about that you think that someone conceivably fucking it up would be devastating? No, no, because it's it couldn't. How much more devastating could that be than it never coming out at all? I mean, like I I I can invoke cognitive dissonance on plenty of series that had really shitty iterations. I, I do that constantly. Um, yeah. uh, Grandia is a really good series for that. Um, but uh, no, I just I just at this point it just seems completely. I don't even know why they keep bringing it up. 
Like, it's never going to happen, ever. It will never happen. There's just no reason to put that out. There is no market for it. You can't do a sequel to a game that nobody, that barely any people played to begin with, and nobody gives a shit anyway. That's called Yakuza, and they do it all the time. <laughs> okay, now that series is fucking this awesome. Is, this um, is what Sega does, man. Like, this is why they don't make consoles. But and, what, what irritates me about it is that I get excited every single time I see Shenmue come up in the news. I get really fucking excited. Because I'm like, oh my god, I god, I hope so. But then I'm like, wait, no. Because I put all the facts together in my head, and I say, that's never, ever, ever going to happen. Of course it's not going to happen. They keep bringing it up to fuck with me if they do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think like, they're they also... Keep, we we want to get a rise out of that Aaron Lindy kid today. What would it have? <laughs> well, I, I think they're also bringing it up maybe, you know, because, you know, they, they, they want to do it. But, again, they're afraid, and they, and they, they want to gauge well, people's didn't, interest. Didn't, didn't someone in the, also ask them? Isn't that why it's being brought up? Didn't someone ask them about it? Maybe. I, I, I don't remember. I mean, but... It, it could just be they, they answered reasonably a question yeah, that they hadn't oh, been thought into, oh, and someone reported as if it was a scoop. Yeah, every every other time that it's ever been invoked, usually because they're like, oh boy, wouldn't it be great if, you know, or some right. Q&A. That's usually how it comes up, but it's still yeah. fucking oh. irritating. They just seem to start, like, like, Sega, practice with me. No. No. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, maybe that website, whoever asked them, was trying to, you know, gauge the public's interest, just like uh, Q there Entertainment is, no is, uh, is doing with... Um, uh, on their Twitter, they they posted, uh, "Would would you be interested in a PSN version of Res HD?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so, would you? I already own it, so no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure, that's great, but like, that's the thing though is that uh, no, that, that that's not that's not the same thing at all though. Res HD is a, is a low investment. It's already made. All they'd have to do is port it. Like Shen, Shenmue Three is uh, a multi million dollar deal. Like, Aaron. They, what? Aaron, you, you, you ruined my segue. I had moved already to the other topic of Red HD. Oh, is that what you're doing? Oh, okay. Yeah. I Although I, I, I will very quickly say that I liked Dale North's idea when he did a news post about it, which was, you know, make Shenmue 3, but make it with completely shitty Dreamcast era or worse graphics. <laughs> people who like Shenmue obviously aren't. They the should kind of totally do that. Graphics. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Put that shit on PSN for like 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Did you know that they could just make it in the females? they could make it in the uh, RPG Maker ninety five engine? Uh, <laughs> I think that would work just fine. Um, make it Gary's mod. There how long go. are we going? Should we get into listener questions now? I think we should probably. Can, yeah, one or two hours. Yeah. It is oh, block. just but real, really quickly, did you guys see the uh, the trailer for um, the debut trailer for Vanquish uh, Platinum Games' uh, next game? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Section 9 last summer, I think. Interesting to see one. them doing a shooter <laughs> beyond that. I mean, they didn't say anything at all. It was all, yeah. well, they, none of it was game well, footage. They, no, they, was. Right, but uh, they said uh, Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami is involved with it. Great, Resident Evil sucks. Uh, <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and I, I believe today they just confirmed that it, it will be on PS3 at the very least. I well, they were talking, it was in that leaked Sega document, like that one that was re- leaked last year that... Um, had like the talk about the Dreamcast games on the uh, PSN and stuff, okay. um, and Vanquish was actually mentioned there, but obviously no one had ever heard of it, so no one paid any attention. And then suddenly, ha, ah, Vanquish has popped up, and so people like looked back at the document, and was like, "Fuck, there it is! It's you know, Vanquish just there." And they was mentioned for the PS3. That document also... is like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was mentioned for the PS3, and also like interconnectivity with 
the PSP as well. So mm. I don't know if they're going to do some Four Swords style gimmickry, but you know, we don't really know much about it. And as as Anthony said, it'd be very interesting to see Platinum do a shooter. But so far, none of the characters like have asses I want to live in, so it is fine <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. The trailer, the trailer made it look a lot like that. It reminded me a lot of that. Um, what was it? That the, the first trailer for Halo Three, where he gets in that bubble shield or whatever. It just it that's, had that's, that. that's that's not the best comparison to make because if there's any game that didn't match up to the awesomeness of its trailers and its marketing and all that would probably be Halo Three with all I've, the documentary stuff they did. I don't know. Very I true. Didn't, didn't play it, but uh, of course. I mean, yeah, you know, it looks cool enough, so we'll have to we'll have to see. All right. Um, we had some some email listener questions. Let's do one of those and then and then jump into the 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 shit from the post itself, shall we? Uh, I said that under the assumption that, that someone was looking at, and I had <laughs> anybody to look at them, so I don't even know what the fuck is wrong. Right, so um, I'm, I'm opening my 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 browser right now. If you can help yeah, me no, out, I've, I've, I, I, we have email questions here. Did right, you know well. people please stop is a uh, a trend in San Francisco on Twitter? People please stop. Hashtag people please stop, man. That's and you just you just go hashtag people please stop, and you just say shit like that's what Twitter is about. I don't know if like, you guys knew that. You just say uh, shit. Uh, I've got a question here from uh, Richard Blaine. Who you um, know what? And, and speaking of that, man, whoever thinks fucking Assassin's Creed Two is history, eat it, dude. <laughs> you are fucking insane. Uh, okay, hey. I'm done. Are you are you sure you're not Peter Weller? Because doesn't he have like a PhD in in like art history, Renaissance art or something? Wait a minute, I was just coming. I just came back. I heard Assassin's Creed Two mentioned. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter Weller. Was somebody have... defending it? No. No, no Assassin's Creed Two is a really good game. Carry on. I'm far away from that scary black guy from Ubisoft, so I can say what I want again. <laughs> Yeah, Peter Weller does have a degree. He's a he's a he's a professor now, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Before, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100 percent convinced that you're not Peter Weller. Oh yeah, I wish I was though, man. That guy's jaw is nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, man. I would yeah. make out with that jaw. All right, so we've got a question here. <laughs> look like? I, did you see the the new video for God of War that he was in? Someone draw a picture of Brad Nicholson making out with a giant jawbone. <laughs> Brad Nicholson on RoboCop slash fiction is the easiest combination ever. Oh, yeah. Get on that, please. Yeah, if you um, can. Okay, here, here's the deal right now. I'll lay it all out. If you can draw me in the RoboCop suit and make me look super fucking awesome. No, that's I not happening. It's what's going to happen is it's a super fucking awesome RoboCop. It's going to be super fucking awesome. Super awesome fucking you. Is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that, that'd be incredibly unfortunate. I would not be happy with that. <laughs> Part Unless man, part machine, all the way up Brad Nicholson's ass. <laughs> all right, um, so what was the question for that? Yes, you have a question here. <laughs> this is actually something I've, I've been curious about because Anthony talks about it all the time. And Jim really did not get credit for that get it. joke that he just made. Which I, I just said something clever. really brilliant that people were talking about. I, I appreciate it, Jim. What did you say? What did you say? I said part man, part machine, all the way up Brad Nicholson's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's better. I live for the uh, laughter. Well done. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, this is uh, Richard. What are you Blaine. eating, Jim? Let's submit talk for God's sake. I ain't telling you what I'm eating. You're criticizing. <laughs> oh, is it bad? What is it? <laughs> I ain't telling you. Fuck off. It's... Quit eating it. <laughs> Spit it out. Spit no. it out. It's a cake made out of hamburgers. All right, so <laughs> move on. Put it down. No. It's cheesecake. I love food. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't care that I look like the guy from Lost Alive. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no. 
uh, Jim is the, is the Cookie Monster confirmed. <laughs> we only Rich, confirm helicopters Rich, at Destructoids, sir. Yeah, Richard Blaine writes in to say, Anthony, you've gone on record multiple times, mostly in reverence, saying that games are improved by a sense of, for lack of a better word, urgency with real consequences. The Void, Pathologic, Far Cry 2 on a permadeath playthrough, Spelunky, etc., are all gameplay experiences in which death is a very nearby threat, unlike some of the sequences in Modern Warfare 2 or Uncharted 2, where death looms large, but is mostly an illusion. I understand, hopefully correctly, that you dig that feeling of urgency, but I was just wondering what it was about it that you find so desirable. Why is it necessarily more engaging? A lot of people seem to find it unpleasant. I personally find it stressful. I tried out the void and was immediately turned off, despite my honest effort to give it a chance, for what I believe to be the very same reason you liked it. What do the other pod Twitters think about urgency in gaming? Is it necessary for a truly engaging experience? I think you got turned off to the void because it's it's honestly in many ways a poorly designed game that that just doesn't uh, y- y- it, it sort of thrives off of not giving you the skills you need to survive and that wants you to discover it and blah 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 and it's not very intuitive and that's probably why. Um, but I think the thing about harsh uh, consequences for that kind of stuff, in addition to the sense of tension it creates, forces you to do thing to think strategically in a way that well whatever it's no big deal doesn't like one of my favorite things in mass effect 2 it actually kind of got screwed up for me because uh i, I there's, there's there's this moment where without elaborating certain uh the, the, these guys uh get these innocent people get taken and your option is i can either go through the omega-4 relay after them and start my suicide mission where my characters might die uh, and, and, and go after them immediately, or I can put off going after those people who have been taken and go and do some other side quests to increase my survivability for the, for the suicide mission because, you know, I don't want everybody and me to die and, and to fail the mission. So you actually have to make this choice between, okay, if I, if I stall and I go do these other things, does that mean that those people who got taken are going to die? Should I, is that a reasonable uh, sort of compromise to make for the fate of, you know, all of humanity? Or, or do I want to rush after them and risk losing one or two guys in my crew for these other guys? You know, you have to actually think strategically, and it's very stressful because of that sense of consequence. And if it's player, if it's like player death consequences, then, then the, the consequences are usually more just, you know, am I going to die if I do this? Am I not going to die? Whatever. But that, that was my favorite part of uh, Mass Effect 2, even though it didn't work for me at all because I'd already done all the side quests and I couldn't possibly not go on that mission because it was the last thing I had left. But that's that's my answer. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I was going to say is, um, I feel like uh, from from the perspective of, of uh, your typical game, and by that I mean your typical male empowerment fantasy, um, it's really. Uh, you sound like a feminist scholar for a couple seconds there. Well, that's. I mean, that's the phrase. He's, he's, he's not far off. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, no, I'm saying. I'm so saying much. what you said. You know what? Forget it. Go. Keep going. <laughs> No, no, no. He's completely accurate. I'll give you that. But he said it was just like that that evil, like, I, I fucking hate you because you're male and you're sitting in my class and you're the only one here and I know it. Like, that's <laughs> what I hear. I think Brad's <laughs> speaking from experience. Yeah. I think we just learned a lot about Brad. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway. Um... No, I will, I'll back Brad up on this because when I was at college and there's all these women who had trouble with their boyfriends and then they'd look at me and go, oh, you male. And I'm like, fuck off. None <laughs> of you women are having sex with me. So don't blame me because of the cocks you choose to slide up and down your greasy hole. Uh, I love as, this shit, man. As I was saying, um, f- for uh, games like that, I think it's really uh, 
um, effectively because it creates this this huge tension, and you know you're always on the edge of your seat. It's it's very thrilling to be uh, to, to have this sort of this weight hanging over you of of you know the potential of death and you know with with uh, strong consequences, and even for games in which you can, or yeah, e- even for games. Uh, where you know you, there's checkpoints and you know you don't lose all that much or whatever, and you just have to start the fight over. It's still, at least for me, enormously uh, empowering and th- and thrilling to to say like for like I said, I was playing God of War two and the boss fight I was talking about, uh, I got through that like right at the very end with a sliver of health left and just did this awesome like combo and magic use like to to finish the fight off, and then you know I, I finished it and I was like. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm not going to do it because Aaron's here. So, Aaron, could you please make the noise that w- when you're excited about things? I wasn't paying attention. What am I supposed to do? Make noise? With, yeah, we. I don't know. What oh, fucking noise? No, you <laughs> know, like like a fucking lion roaring when you make. Oh, you, yeah, that. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. So that's that was what what Aaron just did with right there. That is what I felt when I beat a bo- uh, when I beat boss battles with a sliver with a sliver of health left, and and that is a. Uh, it's empowering and it's thrilling. It's fun. Next question. Let's go. Quick hits. Browning Rabbit wants to know, what's the game that you put the most time into? Uh, Dragon Quest 8. Dragon Quest 8? Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Actually, no. Bullshit. Um, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I put like 130 hours into that game. Yeah, the game is worthless. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate that game. <laughs> How do you even play that shit? You're like, you that the flexion is my favorite thing in the world. What's that? Brad's inflection is my favorite thing. I know, it's great. I fucking hate that game. Hate that shit. God. I get past the first hour. Uh, I, I, I here's the thing. I hated the story. Fucking love the gameplay. Yeah, you had to eat it for like five hours, didn't you? And then you're oh, like, oh, all yeah. right, oh, I can play this yeah, game. no. I mean, like in in all other respects, I'd prefer to be playing just standard Final Fantasy Tactics. But I think the gameplay in Tactics Advance was a lot better. Right. Um, I see, I can even never get even with the the law system, which I didn't totally agree with. I'm not saying it's the best game ever. I'm just saying I spent a fuck like I did every single oh, question, all 300 of them. Um, it, and so I I put it up. Fuck a load of time in that game. By the time I was done, I my characters were like into gods. It was ridiculous. All right. Anybody else? I I played probably uh, Elder Scrolls for 120, 150 hours. Yeah, I fucking hate that game. That's <laughs> oh, shit. I do too. So we can double team Brad on that, or just no. In actually, general. I actually quite like Elder Scrolls. I just wanted to. I, I'm trying to put a little Nicholson in the voice. It's not working. I, I need <laughs> a little Brad in me. I need the Brad in me. You, you, you and RoboCop both. Yeah. Anthony's too smart for fucking Morrowind. <laughs> I know. I just, I just, I just, I like my time to be wasted in a slightly different way. Like, there's too much walking. Like, I'm okay with my time being wasted by Far Cry 2 for some reason because it's uh, there's no reason I should have to drive for as long as I do. But just being in a car is somehow more appreciable to me than just walking around, which is what Morrowind. But man, is. high adventure you starts don't, with like, your feet. have to walk through a fucking checkpoint that regenerates every three and a half. Yeah, no, I, I, I that, that my, my game is Far Cry 2, but like. As, as much as I play Far Cry 2 and as much as I get out of it every time, like, I'm never going to be able to, like, forgive some of the things about this game. Like, if yeah. anybody, as much as I love Far Cry 2, the certain things that happens, if anybody tells me that they don't like it, I will immediately understand why and not, I, I will never fall into some sort of fanboy thing where I go, no, man, you got to like for this reason because there's a lot of reasons not to like that game. But anybody else, what are your, what are your most played games? I, I mean, I, I don't play RPGs, uh, so I, I, like, I, don't, I don't have, like, a crazy... Number of game I, I've I've probably I probably put over a hundred hours into 
um, GTA San Andreas and maybe Vice City as well. Um, Damn. But uh, I can see that. I can see that happening in San Andreas. That game was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem with that was that it necessitated that much time. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I am. But I, I like. There's probably some, you know, like some sports game over the years that I've put like way too much time into, like when I was a kid, like NHL '95 or something like that. But obviously, you know, they don't have timers on sports games, things like that. So. I wonder if I could calculate how much time I've spent playing uh, uh, GoldenEye. Like, cause, I mean, there was, there was oh, a God. year or two where my friends and I would play that game like, pretty much every afternoon for oh, yeah. like, Me a too. solid year. I, I, in fact, I'm probably pretty sure I played that game more than any other game just because of that. I think, I think it's easy to underestimate like, how much time you spend playing like online shooters or just multiplayer shooters and things like that because you get an rpg like whenever someone says how long did you put in like how much time did you sink into a game we instantly think of rpgs because the first time you play them they are like straight out the box 70 to 80 hours but you probably like i I probably spent more time playing left for dead than i have done playing any giant jrpg and i played quite a few jrpgs in my time you know i've I've, I've played these 80 hour things you know, you but, could probably look up the data on that, Jim. Uh, if you go, yeah, like, you know, uh, Steam keeps track of that. You could probably check into that. Oh, I I'm talking that... about the first Left 4 Dead, which I did on the 360. Oh, um, But, you know, it doesn't feel oh. like I spent all that time. Yeah, well, I know, but, you know, TPL now. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel as long because it wasn't in that huge um, block of time. So well, and you probably all of us have spent more time. Mine. Yeah. Um, and probably all of us have probably spent more time playing fucking like Super Mario or something than the games we're actually mentioning just because they're RPGs. And well, I know that it's sure. it's it's easy to come up with RPGs because the, the you know the the time counter is so prevalent in that game, and and because the length of RPGs is is something that's so highly touted in marketing. That's it, that's probably why that pops into mind. But oh, that's yeah. why I like. It. Oh, I'm, I'm saying it. Uh, you know, I'm not criticizing anyone. The first, as soon as they said like how much time, I was trying to think in my head of all the RPGs I played. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just saying yeah, that you discount things like that's why. Wrong. That's why I was kind of like shocked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Goldeneye. Shit, I must have spent like yeah. two or three hundred hours on that fucking shit." Or oh, Smash I think Brothers, one of my like, God, Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, same deal. Oh yeah, or that. I mean, yeah. one of the games I've well, probably like... sunk most of my time into is um, Silent Hill Two. Like that's a fucking short game, but I've played it, replayed it more times than any other game I can think of, with the exception of maybe Sonic Two. Yeah, I'm sure for somebody like some, one of us, we're just not thinking of it. It's, it's like Street Fighter Two or something like that, you know? Yeah, fighting be, games as well. Mine might be um, Project Justice. What is that? It either that um, Rival Schools Two. Oh, okay. Game. Uh, it's either that or maybe Ikaruga, I guess. Yeah, I played Probably a lot of, of Revolution two. X. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Why you know, not? I can even the save all the band weapon. members. Wait, was that the Aerosmith game? Yeah. Galaga! <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, you know what, maybe it's Galaga. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Arcade games. If you man, think, I've been playing that fucking shit since 1983 or something. Oh, oh, here's an awesome story. Yo, my airport, my airport has fucking Revolution X and the gun and everything. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. 
Just, just wow. throwing it out there. That is a spectacular game. I, I did play a lot of that on, on the SNES using a control pad to move the cursor around. Hell yeah. With a strategy guide from Nintendo. Well, not a strategy guide, but with a, a Nintendo like five-page spread about how to save all the Aerosmith band members. Yeah, and because you of shoot that shit off the bus? Wasn't that retarded? That yeah. one was – what was worse was the one where like um uh, one of the guys is being is chained up by his arms. But because they got the hitboxes wrong, you you don't shoot the chains. You shoot like his arms and part of his head to, to release him. And I could never yeah. do it in time because my – my desire to not shoot bassists in the face overrid my understanding of the. Yeah, that wasn't Brad White. Well, I, I don't was... know who's in Mar- Aerosmith. I was just saying. A, I don't know. Issue. I just know their names because of this game. Brad White was in the <laughs> bathroom in the first level. You had to shoot the fish. Oh yeah, the marlin. Yeah, well, I remember. I had to look up what a marlin was. Were, Nintendo said like, marlin. There, that was like some kind of. There was like a secret ending or some shit that if you found, like if you if you uncovered all the uh, all the members of Aerosmith, you got like the secret ending. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about yeah. the. What the, the 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 little tagline for that game was "Music is the weapon." I remember seeing that on the fucking marquee of the of the arcade machine. I was like, "Bullshit!" I'm looking at two giant fucking guns. <laughs> like, <laughs> you fire CDs, yeah, but you man. press a button to fire CDs and stuff. Yeah, that game was that's, awesome. But that CDs is the weapon. That's the <laughs> <laughs> but it's got music on it, man. Oh, music. Man. All right. Um, well, we've been going for a while, so we might as well just call it a, a night. Uh, I want to thank Adam Dork, Brad Nicholson, Jim Sterling, Samit Sarkar. Aaron Lindy and Topher Gantler for all of this and you for listening. You can email us at podtoid at destructoid.com or, or go to destructoid.com slash forum. There's a podtoid forum on the bottom. And or click on my links at MTV Multiplayer a bunch. Sure. I don't pimp out my shit on here. Stay tuned this Friday for the episode three of the journalism show. Woo! And I think tonight a new Once Upon a Pixel goes up. So. And Anthony Birch hates gay people. I do. All right. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag hate gay people hashtag and then he turned into daddy he was like oh why'd you say that 